0: Nine two five three seven seven
1: star. You have a plan for your life, you've set goals, you know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding star style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas. Ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now.
0: Never
2: saw- Welcome to our informational playground at Star Style Be the Star You Are. Brought to the airwaves under the auspices of the Positive Media and Literacy Charity, Be the Star You Are. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and always thrilled to be your personal growth coach here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel as I strive to seed, stimulate, and support space for your positive, meaningful conversations. The Miracle Moment is brought to you today by Be the Star You Are Charity, empowering women, family, and youth for increased literacy, improved positive media, and by providing tools for living since 1999. Make a donation today at be the star org. And the miracle moment is from Oliver James. Why are you trying so hard to fit in when you were born to stand out? I think that is uh, very clear of what our show is going to be about today because Star Style is focusing on Hollywood. The 86th Academy Awards will be broadcast this Sunday, and we're going to talk about the nominations, the history, and give you some of my personal picks. A special guest will join us in segment two. It is Samantha Geimer. She's going to share her story in her memoir, The Girl, as she reflects on the events of that One day that changed her life when she was just 13 and the repercussions that followed in the notorious Hollywood sex sandal involving uh, involving Academy Award winning director Roman Polanski. And then right now in our health matters, uh, I am going to share secrets of the stars of How they get ready for the red carpet and the Academy Awards, how do they get in shape? Our health hero, Heather Brittany, is not joining us today because she's actually in training to be a bar method instructor. As you all know, she is uh, very much into health and fitness and has been doing yoga and bar and other training uh, techniques for many many years and now she will be an instructor as well so many of the tips that you're going to hear today are from our very strong and slim heather so what are the secrets of the stars as they walk uh the red carpet in those glorious gowns, and in those tailored tuxes. Well, this Sunday marks the granddaddy of all award shows, of course, the Academy Awards. And I really, really do love this time of year, Uh, tuning into the red carpet coverage, you know, with all the different shows, the SAG Awards, the People's Choice Awards, the Golden Globes, you know, the Grammys, all of that, we discover which designer stars are sporting. We witness behind-the-scenes tweets. We see all the glam and the glitter. And, you know, people often wonder just what it is that celebs do to fit into those very beautiful body-hugging dresses. So some of this information is from uh, nutrition colleagues uh, who work with some of the A-list clientele, and they help them get into tip-top shape. And you can do the same for that big night, even though you may not have a a personal trainer, as so many of the stars do. Now, first of all, it's really important to note that you have to be in it for the long haul. Uh, You know, even though we say this is going to be a quick fix and how to get ready in a couple of weeks, Basically, we are always encouraging lifelong healthy habits, and that's very important. So when you got to look great fast, so model and actress um, Molly Sims and uh, bone star Emily Deschanel, they advise just to be realistic. The goal doesn't have to be losing 10 pounds, but you can look as if you've lost a few pounds by getting extra sleep, And fitting in some extra workouts. Now, I can testify to getting extra sleep as being really, really important, as well as a lot of water. Getting uh, adequately hydrated. When you wake up, you know you can see some instant results of fine lines being concealed and under eyes smooth and plumped. If you drink a lot of water, and I always just put a little bit of lemon juice in it. Also recommended by the celebs is coconut water for hydrating or even a liquid diet a couple of days before uh, before or after traveling because that lets the body relax and prevents bloating. You want to steer clear of high-sodium foods that would cause water retention. You know, Don't have canned soups or anything that's canned because there's going to be so much sodium in it. And, of course, salt isn't the only culprit when it comes to bloating. There are some other tricks to fine-tune uh, when you have just a couple of weeks to get ready for that big day. And that big day could be anything, whether it's a big meeting, an interview, an audition, you know, an engagement, your wedding, a birthday, whatever it is that you want to look good for. So the first thing is is to cut out some gas-producing vegetables. You probably want to, even though they're good for you, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, they do... Um, Reduce ballooning if you cut these out because some of those, unless you eat them regularly, they can make you a little bit more gassy. Uh, Spit out the gum. In the world, it's believed that gum chewing can trick the body into thinking that it's eating, and that actually produces chemicals to break down food. However, in the absence of food, the acid can build up and cause difficulty with your digestion. Reduce excessive amounts of carbs because one gram of carb can hold up to four to five grams of water. That, again, is water retention, and it bloats you. Incorporate foods that have a diuretic property, which help rid the body of excess water. For example, good, um, good foods for this would be asparagus and beets. People who have a harder time digesting Red meat and chicken should reduce consumption during this time. You know, white fish, on the other hand, seems to be well-tolerated and easy to digest just by everyone. And, of course, getting those omega-3s, like from salmon, uh, sardines, and those kinds of fish, mackerel, that is a really good idea because the omega-3s, too, uh, will also help with your skin. Eliminate protein shakes due to the concentrated amounts of um, additives that could be in there, which also would, uh, would cause bloating. In other words, just stay away from any kind of additional protein or any powders that you're going to do. If you just want to make a shake that's out of yogurt and fruit, that's okay, but just don't add anything to it. Now some of the stars actually have a few things to say. Gwyneth Paltrow, who is forty and fabulous and you know she was what people's choice of the year last year for being the most beautiful woman on the planet, as advises people to create muscle tone, and boost their metabolism by moving more because we sit around for too much of the day. And, you know, we were doing a show about sitting on how that uh, the for every three hours you sit, it's actually reducing your lifespan. So you want to try to stand more and move more. To, so to avoid getting distracted from your healthy eating plan, uh, Gwyneth says to that you should always try to keep some healthy snacks nearby. And this is something that most of the celebrities and movie stars say, that if they have, you know, some carrots, some celery, and anything that's hummus, things that are healthy, it will help them keep a balanced diet. And that's really the key to um, allowing yourself to be programmed for health. Uh, uh, And then, of course, make sure that you give yourself a treat. She likes to give herself a glass of red wine every night, and then on the weekend she splurges because her idea is you got to live life too, and I agree with that. Now, Rebecca Romaine, she's in uh, King and Maxwell, and of course she was also a. Um, she's quite a famous uh, it model, and she's one of the Sports Illustrated former models, and also can be seen in uh, this new 50th edition issue she starts her day off with a healthy breakfast of plain yogurt cereal with low-fat milk decaf coffee to get rid of the extra pans and she always has a little protein in the morning and does not eat refined sugar it's hard because she has a sweet tooth so what she does instead is she grabs some yogurt and always a glass of milk and she finds that that helps courtney thorn smith from two and a half men She's big on eating protein. It keeps her full longer and it makes her body leaner. She avoids popcorn, pasta, and other carbs that make her feel bloated. And even though her snacks are high in protein, she eliminates sugary cookies, cakes, and pies. But she does keep like egg salad and tuna salad in the refrigerator at all times because that's a little protein, it tastes good, and it just gives her that boost she needs. Now, one of my favorite actresses that i had the privilege of working with on a movie a few years ago is Jane Seymour, and I believe she's about 60, somewhere between 60, 62. She's in Franklin and Bash, and what she does is she, besides eating well, she makes sure to, to take long walks, and she keeps active so that she doesn't gain weight when she goes to all these parties and dinners for the awards. She also cooks with olive oil, and Cuts down on fat, fats on any of her pasta or any of her dishes so that her dishes still taste good by cooking with olive oil. It's like that Mediterranean diet, but they have less calories. Now, Mary Lou Ratton, you'll remember her as a former gymnast and Olympic gold medalist. She advises that there's really no magic pill for losing weight. I totally agree with her. But what she's learned is she cuts out butters, oils, sauces, high-fat salad dressings, and any fatty meats. And... For breakfast, she has uh, three scrambled egg whites, and she doesn't fry it up with butter because there are calories in that. You know, you could use a little bit of coconut oil that tastes good, and it's very low-fat. And she has a piece of dry toast and coffee. For lunch, she has a green salad. With dressings on the side, and she'll just kind of dip her fork in the dressing, but she never pours it on the salad. And something I've been doing over, I don't know, the last several months, and I love it, and it really makes you taste the salad greens more, is I've just squeezed lemon juice on top, and I've eliminated the salad dressing 100% completely. And I just, I usually add a fruit to all my salads. So I'll have different greens like arugula and chard and mosh and Mustard greens and then lettuces, and then I'll either put some blueberries or cranberries or fresh oranges or tangerines or even cut-up mango and lemon juice, and it tastes really great. So, you know, celebrities, too, they have trouble resisting the urge to snack, but the key is to keep those midday treats healthy, maybe a handful of nuts, um or again, some vegetables. Now, Beyonce, we all love Beyonce and she absolutely is gorgeous. She says that she can lose her extra weight by dancing. And so she starts each day with a bowl of bran cereal. And for snacks, it's a sugar free jello made with diet lemonade. Now, I'm not a big fan of anything that has the word diet on it. So um, I would probably just squeeze some lemon juice in it martina mcbride the country music star she turns to healthy snacking with food such as hummus and whole grain bread or she'll make some guacamole and she likes uh, berries of all kinds because they're so high in antioxidants and again yogurt or cheese and whole grain crackers and her key is not keeping fattening snacks in the house i think that is a really good point if you keep healthy things around you're gonna grab for those healthy things Kim Delaney, who's in Army Wives and NYPD Blue, she finds that if she adds three healthy between-meal snacks a day, she can get rid of extra weight, and eating a bit more instead of less has helped her burn fat. Now, all of them seem to agree that drinking enough water is one of the most important, and it's probably the easiest weight loss secrets, and um, the celebrities really know it. Daisy Fuentes, you know, who's a model, she constantly reminds herself to drink water all day long And everyone kind of overindulges at the parties this time of year. You know, there's a lot of appetizers, there's alcohol, and there's, um, you know, there's just all kinds of great desserts and foods. So if you drink a lot of water or maybe chamomile, herbal tea, it cleanses your body out. So you can drink two or three cups of that a day. And then, you know, stop eating the pasta, the rice, the bread, the potatoes, for a couple of weeks before you're having, you have your body has to really look good in some dress. So, you know it's like chicken and fish and vegetables at night. Uh, Vanessa Marcel, who is from Las Vegas, she again uh, says that she drinks mostly water and green tea. She just can't seem to to brew enough of it, and those those two steps have just helped her keep slim. Jane Fonda, the fitness celebrity, who is. I think she's, what, mid-70s? Maybe she's closer to 80 now, and she looks amazing. And she's not a purist by any means, but what she does is, you know, she, for calorie-burning efficiency, she relies on cardiovascular exercise, and the type depends on where she is and what she's doing, but she always tries to walk and bike and hike, and then she allows herself that brownie or the cookie. Beautiful model and gossip girl, Elizabeth Hurley. She has given up all sugar and preservatives, and her ideal dinner is really a steak, fresh vegetables, and maybe just a dab of uh, mashed potatoes. And, you know, you can mash cauliflower instead of potatoes, and that's really, really great. And just to to finish it off, a couple of tips from a couple of prominent fitness trainers to the stars. Teddy Bass, whose uh, clients include Christina Applegate, Kate Hudson, you know, Lucy Liu, and more. What um, Teddy says is grab a rope, start jumping for a major calorie burn, and um, you know after you have any excesses, excesses, people start to think about what's going on inside their body. So you have to make a mind body spirit connection, and that's going to help you attain the body you desire. Plus, a change will do anybody good. So alter your cardio program, and it'll make your body more efficient at burning during you know any of these party times. And uh, Valerie. Uh, Waters, whose clients include Jennifer Garner and Uma Thurman and Charlize Theron, she does strength training. She thinks that's an essential component of every woman's exercise program and training different muscle groups on specific days. For example, on Mondays, you may do triceps and biceps and Tuesday shoulders and back and legs and shoulders on Wednesday and then rest for a day and then start all over again because what you want is lean muscle growth. And then finally, just for that walk down the red carpet, these are just my final little tips. Tea up to trim down. Again, that green tea, it's a hot body brew. It really helps you keep slim and keep the weight off. Be a cocoa buff. People who eat chocolate have less belly fat. So I'm not talking about a whole box, but a piece of dark chocolate every day is healthy for you. Veg out more. You want to eat more veggies. Take a stand, and that is, you know, that standing, an extra three hours a day will burn 720 calories in a week, and that'll help you lose two um, two pounds, so you, you want to try that. Pack in the protein. Start your day with a high-protein breakfast like Greek yogurt, and you can shave off 120 calories at lunch. Phone it thin, and that means dial up your willpower. Put a healthy themed picture as your cell phone Wallpaper people who look at fruit <laughs> ate 106 fewer calories. Isn't that interesting? And then get on the choo-choo. Consume 112 fewer calories by chewing twice as much. Now, that's something that I'm really working on is eating slowly and mindfully. So if you chew a little bit longer, you might even use more calories. So I hope those tips are helpful for you as you get ready for your big parties and your red carpet debut. When we come back from break, I will have Samantha with us and her memoir, the girl, it is a a life in the shadow of Roman Polanski. I am Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style Be the Star You Are, Don't Go Away. Be the
0: star you are the star you are, be the star you
3: are, be the star you
1: are, light up the flames
4: that burn.
1: Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts. as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan.
2: Find all you need. to every success lies not in what or even who you know, but clearly seeing where you want to go. Here at Star Style, Be The Star You Are, we bring you the pioneers on the planet because we believe that you have the power to have it all. We intend to help you get going in the right direction, and these authors and experts have something to say. Internationally famous film director Roman Polanski was arrested in Los Angeles in 1977 for raping a 13-year-old girl during an alleged photo shoot after feeding her alcohol and a sedative. He was 43 at the time, and after being convicted of a sex with a minor offense, he fled to France prior to sentencing. Samantha Geimer was the girl in the case, and she has survived and thrived. She finally tells her side of the story in her new book, the girl, a life in the shadow of Roma Polanski. Welcome, Samantha, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, Cynthia. It's good to be with you today. Well, I'm really happy to have you on the air with us, Samantha, so that that our listeners in the world can hear what you have to say about what happened that those years, 37 years ago, when you were just a little 13 year old girl and you met with this Oscar-winning director. What I love about your book is you've made it really clear that you will not be a victim and that you have forgiven Roman Polanski and you wish that the entire brouhaha would go away. So it's great that you wrote this memoir now. Tell us what inspired you to write it now and to get this word out here to empower other people who might have experienced similar um, occasions after three and a half decades of, you know, having to be in his shadow?
4: Well, I, I avoided, um, you know, talking about it because it is uncomfortable for my family. But after his arrest in 2009, we, we got a lot of unwanted attention. And what I wanted to do was just tell the truth of the story, um, you know, as I remember it, and as it happened to me, um, because it's been so greatly distorted over these thirty-six years with other people kind of taking charge of it and, uh, you know, really hijacking the story into to something that wasn't true. So I wrote it because I just wanted to set the record straight and just tell the truth on my own terms. But what I've found is that um, people are 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 finding some um, some some. Comfort or some they can relate to it, and it's not so much the celebrity part of the story, but people are finding meaning in it because so many people have these types of experiences, and they're just connecting to what my family and I went through and, and, and how we, you know, came out the other side of it and, and moved on.
2: Well, let's talk about how you moved on because not only did, were you made it so clear in the book that. Your life was basically hijacked after this experience that you didn't invite. It it happened, and it was like it became a media frenzy for years and years and years. You know, you were always talked about, and there was so much speculation. And, you know, I feel for your mother because she must have been a young mother at the time, and she was made to be like this villain who might have even been supporting him in what he did. Yet you you always remain you you took the high ground. What helped you get through it? Well,
4: I mean, right after this happened, we did have a really tough time, and uh, the the publicity, like the worldwide publicity, was was very intense and unexpected for us. This was. Uh, many years ago, before, you know, we're used to celebrity scandals being all over the news. You know, we just had nightly news. There was no CNN back in those days. So it was very intense. It was very hard on my mother and on, on, on me. And I think, I think one of the things that helped me get through it is, is watching her just kind of hold her head up high. And, you know, she called the police. She, Took the insults. She protected me as much as she could and did what she needed to do and never flinched or doubted that, you know, she, you know, doubted that she did the right thing by calling the police, you know, and I know she felt responsible for what happened. Um, of course she's not, but she's, she's my mother. So she did carry a lot of that guilt for a long time, but I think, I think she, she taught me how to get through difficult times by example.
2: You know, uh, in your book *The Girl: A Life in the Shadow of Roman Polanski*, you talk at the uh, towards the end of the book about a documentary that recently came out. Maybe it was out, came out in two thousand nine or ten, called *Roman Polanski: uh, Wanted and Desired*. And it it seemed that you felt that this had more of the truth in it. And I did watch that documentary, and I thought, you know, the justice system. It, was, it just sort of unraveled. And that judge that was presiding felt, to me, to be so unethical and so much in want of publicity himself that somehow what was happening to you and your family just got shoved under the rug. And it just seemed to be a terrible unfairness. It, it was a
4: judge-ridden handled it so poorly. It just really added to what was already a a really difficult situation for me, and then to have the justice system kind of just fail you, um, you know, on top of just trying to get through this difficult and embarrassing time, um, it was... It was, you know, it was incredibly hard on our whole family. And the documentary, Wanted and Desired, that Marina Zinovich made, I, I interviewed, you know, with her for that, and I didn't think much of it. But when we saw that movie and she finally laid out what we had all been through that none of us could explain, we were all so traumatized and it was also confusing, to see it really neatly laid out and we could look at that and go that's what happened. There it is. You know, I couldn't explain it before, but now look at this movie and there it is. We didn't imagine it. It really happened that way. So I think it gave my mom, um, a lot of closure and, and and me as well, just to be able to kind of, to, to see it for what it was because when you're in, a, in the middle of a traumatic event and all these things are happening, um, you kind of can't see the forest for the trees. So to be able to put perspective on it later I think was really helpful for my whole family.
2: Yeah, and it, it really was a very, I thought it was a very well-balanced uh, film, a very well-balanced documentary, you know, that gave all sides of it. And it was interesting how Hollywood just, Repeatedly supported Roman Polanski, you know, and talked about his sunny disposition, his unbreakability, his optimism, his vitality, all of those things. But that still didn't take away from the fact that he took advantage of a 13 year old uh, girl and he knew full well that he was doing that. And which gets me to my point of what you were also saying in your book, and I think it's what you wanted to say, is that we really do have to give credence to the women or even men, whoever comes forward, uh, that that live through some kind of a sexual assault and to see them as survivors and let them stand together proudly and be able to be believed. And I think that has to be the hardest, is not to be believed when you've gone through something such as what you went through.
4: Well, for me, I really didn't even want to tell anybody what happened. I was confiding in a friend when my sister overheard, so I... um I hadn't really wanted to tell. I would have kept it a secret, but then to be forced to tell and then be called a liar on top of it made me, you know, a very angry young woman uh, for uh, for at least that entire year. So it's it's difficult when people don't believe you, but you know that that's going to happen sometimes. You know, it, it, I uh, many celebrities wrote letters for him, including interestingly Mia Farrow. You know, saying what a fine man he was and that he couldn't have done such a thing. And I, under, I, I understood it and I understand it now because if you know someone, it's difficult to believe they might do a really bad thing. Um, so you have, to, you have to live with the fact that maybe at first or maybe forever, people won't believe you or perhaps they think you had some responsibility. You could have done something different. Um, You're you know you're you 're terribly damaged or you 're not damaged enough, but I think the important thing is is to just know that this happens to a lot of people. you'll have your own experience. You'll have your own reaction. Um, If, you know, I I kind of felt guilty, like, gosh, I put myself, I was so stupid, like, well, how did I get there? You know, even at 13, 14, I I felt like I had been foolish, which is, you know, I, I guess I was. But you have to work through all those feelings. And when somebody is victimized, don't put your judgments on them. Don't assume how they feel. And if If they feel like, oh, I was stupid for being with that person, you can tell them, you know, but it's maybe you shouldn't have been with that person. However, what they did is their fault, not yours. Like nothing you did is justification for someone else assaulting you. But I, I wish people would let victims express themselves and just validate their journey on coming to terms with what happened. And as a victim, you know, I mean, there are people who still don't believe what happened to me or still uh, have opinions about it that are untrue. You you need to uh, you know set aside strangers and and people who who you don't know and and learn to heal. Regardless, regardless of the judge, regardless of celebrities, regardless of public opinion, regardless of the town you live in, heal yourself anyway because you're the only person who can do that and you have to do it from inside yourself and, and, and know that when you're helping somebody who something like this has happened to.
2: Well, that's, you You hit it right on the nose. Happiness is an inside job, so we can decide to be uh, uh, victims or, or volunteers of victims, or we can decide that we're going to find our strength and work through it, which is what you did. We're speaking with Samantha Geimer. She is the author of her memoir, The Girl, Life in the Shadow of Roman Polanski, which is based on what happened to her at age 13 in 1977 you brought uh, something interesting you just said no matter where you live it seemed to me when I read the girl that your your teenage years were rather tumultuous you know after this incident whether they would have been whether you would have been rebellious just because you were a teenager like so many people were in the 1970s or it has something to do with what had happened to you but it seems like what, what was such a grounding a great experience is when you moved to Hawaii with your um, with your husband and mother can you can you talk about that how how that move might have changed you or i think that that was one of the uh, luckiest and best things that happened
4: to me to be moved away from the southern california hollywood area where um, people find this much more interesting and, you know, there's a there's a, a public interest in celebrities there that's a little bit more intense than most places, and where I moved to the North Shore of Kauai, I mean, honestly, a lot of people really don't even know who Roman Polanski is. So to, to They probably able, don't even have
2: TVs. I mean, some of them probably don't even care about television or movies. You know, there's so much natural beauty there. That was more important, the soul. Exactly, and we
4: lived in a very small town, and I think I think it would have been a lot more difficult to stay in the San Fernando Valley and be in that environment. So um, I was happy to move away from an area where there might be reporters in the bushes every so often. Um, And it did eventually follow me to Hawaii, but, um, you know, moving somewhere far away where nobody cared about the celebrity nature of this was very good for me. But uh, even when you live in a small town like, you know, the young woman in Steubenville, I mean, we all have our communities and the reaction of your family your neighbors your friends that you know there's you you have to you have to cope with uh with a lot of uh you know negativity sometimes and and that's that's not just for people in hollywood or people who have been assaulted by celebrities it's for everybody wherever you live you know you 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 have to uh when when your community knows something like this happens to you, it just kind of exposes you in an uncomfortable way. Um, But that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't stand up and separate yourself from what other people think about you. I mean, you know what happened to you. You know your truth. Don't take the judgment of other people um, and put that onto yourself. You have to you know, I mean, I was lucky to walk away. Um, but if if you can't walk away, then you know we all deal with our own circumstances, right? And you find a way through it wherever you are.
2: Well, and I also believe that there's help out there. If you start going into the guilt trip or putting too much on yourself, is that it's really important to reach out to a professional or someone who really can help you. It seems like your family lawyer, who wasn't even supposed to beyond the case you know for a short period of time has become such a trusted advisor and such a friend to you and your family over the years and really has fought for you know your freedom to your privacy and to your life and i was very
4: lucky i mean you know i i was very lucky to have someone um like larry and of course you know the support of my friends and family but yeah even the prosecutor um The you know district attorney Roger Gunson, um, there was there was a lot of impropriety going on in that court, Um, but 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 Larry Silver and and Roger Gunson they were they were caring men who stood up for me and helped me, Um, and even Detective Adder. Like I can remember the people who who gave me a little bit of strength, Um, and I think that's the most important thing to do is realize that that these kind of things happen all the time and a little bit of support goes a long way and working through your feelings of guilt or shame or anger, you know, it's okay to feel those things and you have to feel them to get through them. So, you know, people should, don't tell, don't tell somebody like, oh, You know, it's not your fault. Just don't say that. Let them say it. You have to work through it. It's a normal reaction. Um, And also, pull back your own judgment. You let people, you know, if you know somebody who's been victimized, listen to them. See how they feel. Don't assume you know whatever your own emotions are and and put that on the 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 person you're talking to let them express themselves and just you know comfort them and encourage them and just you know give their feelings value even if you know at the time um I was very angry and very terrible to my mother and quite rude to my attorney but they supported me and helped me get through that so i think you know my i think if i my message in, in this book is you know, you can get through things. You you can get better, and and we should all treat each other with maybe a little bit more compassion and respect than we see sometimes, because um, people can be quite cruel. And you
2: know, it's absolutely. No fun. And I, also, tolerance is just so important. And I think you said the most important thing is when someone has gone through any kind of traumatic event, such as you went through. The key is really to listen, and I can't imagine. How horrible it must have been for you and for other people who go through something similar to have to retell your story over and over again in graphic detail. I mean, in the part where they cut your underwear up, you know, to check for for specimens and stuff and to... Just, just to be, have to be so graphic about things, and especially at a tender age. You know, I, it, I think that's was, very, very challenging. It was, yeah. I mean, it was really kind of
4: humiliating and awful. Um, on the other definitely hand, definitely humiliating. You know, humiliating. I recently, you know I, it's funny because it has been thirty-seven years, and I think I just finally started really understanding why, like, my mother had to call the police. Like, intellectually, I, I understand it you know, I I went through wishing she didn't do it, and the aftermath was so much more terrible than the event and the years of all this unwanted attention, and, you know, I kind of, I knew, well, you have to call the police, that's what you do, Um, but I suddenly started realizing just recently, like, you know, she wasn't gonna let her trust be betrayed like that, and she wasn't gonna let me be disrespected by him like that, and whatever we had to go through, she was really standing up for me, and I think that um, even though, I was mad about it. it, it, it somewhere on a, on a subconscious level I, I realized what she was doing was she was not letting me get, you know, used and abused and you know, she was putting her foot down and saying no matter what we have to take, he's not going to get away with this. And um it's just funny. It took me a, a long time to really come to terms with that, which is is uh, I guess, you know, you you never stop learning. <laughs>
2: Well, you have three children of your own, and when you reflect on how your mother responded, do you have any idea how you would respond to something happening to one of your children today?
4: Well, I have all boys, so I've always just been on this other end of trying to teach them, um, you know, to be respectful to women of women and, girls, yes. and to, you and know, to treat them as human beings, just like, uh, you know, like not, you know, Girls, boys, whatever. Everyone's a human being. Show respect and and you know don't don't uh, don't be chauvinistic towards women. I think is kind of what I've tried to teach them. I think for me, I, I might um, yeah, I might think very carefully about approaching the authorities and how I de- how I dealt with that. Say I did have a daughter or one of my sons was abused. I mean, I would certainly. Call the authorities and make sure the person who did it, you know, you know, faced the uh, the, the charges, and to prevent them from doing something like that again. Um, but I think I might uh, my sensitivity towards handling it, you know, I would probably be really thoughtful because I would be fearful that we it would be, a, you know, I, I wouldn't want to. Make it it worse. So I'd be be really careful because, for me, it got so much worse after the police were called. I would just be thoughtful and think, okay, how can we do this with the least possible additional damage?
2: (laughs) Right, because, I mean, we're talking again with Samantha Geimer. She's the author of The Girl, A Life in the Shadow of Roman Polanski. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because we never know what we will do in a situation unless we have to go through it. But in your case, it became as you stated earlier, it became such a media circus and it became so much more about the media and all the proceedings around it that probably that was so painful that, you know, you probably maybe you could have forgotten or at least put passed over what had transpired because it it didn't seem like it was violent. It was wrong, but it wasn't violent. But but the media became violent. I mean, it became it, it, was, it was
4: terrible, yeah. I mean, I understood that, you know, what happened to me is not that uncommon. I understood that, that, that much worse things happened to me. So I think I would have coped with it just, just knowing that, like being being grateful that I wasn't, Dragged into a car or an alley, or yes. you know, somebody in my family or- would did something like that. Um, but when you have a, you know, the, when the media interest was so strong, and now even the judge is playing to this international media, um, it it really like shrinks you down. It's like somehow this whole this whole giant case is all about you, but you become like this little nothing in the midst of. This you know public sensation. So um, it, it was it was hard. You know, I think I lost myself for a little while for a few years, and uh, I wouldn't recommend my my path of recovery to to other people because I was a little self destructive there through my teenage years. Um, but it. But- well, and you're very honest
2: about writing about that. I mean, you know, you really, and I I felt that was very uh, brave of you because how often. We would take that path of self destruction when something happens to us that's confusing or you know hurtful. Instead of moving to the light, we sometimes go to the darkness. You know, but fortunately, you came through it all. And again, right, I, think and I think
4: it's important for people to understand that the I mean, you take it's a
2: journey. It's a journey. Step,
4: yeah, you're maybe you're headed in the wrong direction, but it's never too late to take a take a step to the side or. Take a step back. You, you could always change your path, even if um, even if it's a little bit difficult, even if your your journey's taking you through a dark place. Um, it, it doesn't have to go in a straight line. You could always now, turn it around.
2: Now, looking back, Samantha, do you, I mean, I don't know if you, hell, he's probably never going to come back to this country. And does it feel like it's behind you now, or is it still something that every time his name comes up you get dragged into it? Or do you feel pretty much closure now and that your path is to help other people understand that they have the power and that they need to have strength and that they can move forward and, you know, be the person they were always wanted to be. That's
4: kind of that that is kind of the way I feel now. I mean the the what You know, Roman Polanski and what happened, it's just part of my life. And we all have negative things in our life that you have to accept, and it becomes part of your life. Um, Writing the book on my own terms when I felt like it and just telling the truth of the story, I was surprised how much better I felt after I did it. So I'm very happy that I did it. And, you know, at least it took the time to say my piece and talk about it the way I wanted to talk about it instead of, you know, should Roman get an Oscar? Should he be allowed to come? You know, I was glad to take charge of it myself and say, this is my story. Um, and I was, I, I'm i surprised that it really did make me uh, feel better because I didn't, I didn't know if it would or not, but it really did make me feel better. And now... Um, I'm just happy that people are finding some meaning in it and instead of just, you know, kind of a true celebrity crime story, um that people go this happened to me or my friend or my sister or somebody I know and and I'm I'm happy that people are connecting to what I went through and what my family went through and I hope that um you know people seem to be surprised that I'm okay or can't believe that I might be forgiving, and I just hope you know that I can get that message out like you can be okay, you can be forgiving. Um, it's hard, but you just keep trying if you if you if you still feel angry and hurt, you know, forgive yourself and try again tomorrow to to move forward and get those negative feelings, you know, you know. Behind you where they belong. um, What a wonderful,
2: positive message that you have because forgiveness is absolutely key to our own health. You know, because if we don't forgive ourselves and whatever has been done to us, the only person that hurts is self. So you set yourself free by forgiving him and moving forward. And I think you're giving that that strength to others. So I, writing the book was a catharsis. And as I always feel, that whenever you can write down what's going on, it really does help you. Plus, think about now there is... A, a testimony to what your story is, you know, because there's there's always three sides to every story: yours, mine, right. and the truth. <laughs> so I just so, I was I wanted to just put
4: my side of it out there, just like this right. is the truth as we remember it. Um, but it really turned out to be a lot more. It really um, it really did give me closure that I didn't expect. Um, and the most exciting part is that I feel like you know people are going, you made me feel better, and that's the best thing in the world if somebody tells me, you know, oh i read your book and you know it, it it somehow gave them comfort or helped them along with something they're dealing with so it's it's been um it's been really wonderful and surprising i'm just i'm very happy i did it and i hope to just to continue to you know let people understand you don't have to be a victim. You can you can get up and walk away, and the past is behind you. And and you know if, for, if you can forgive, forgive. If you can't, well, just keep trying. But at least forgive yourself
2: and move on. Forget. I love it. Forgive, forget, and forge ahead. May we give out your Facebook page, unless you have a website.
4: Well, I um, just have my Facebook page, which is Samantha Jane Geimer, um, and that's my book for the you know, my my page for the book The Girl. And I'm Sam Geimer on Twitter, and I even have a Samantha Geimer at WordPress. I've begun to blog and try and write about some things that um, are happening currently, and um, just you know use my uh, my experience in a in a positive way to do whatever I can to. Take all that negativity we went through and make something good from it.
2: Well, bravo to you. Congratulations. Samantha Geimer, her book is The Girl, A Life in the Shadow of Roman Polanski. It is her story as well as inspiring, motivational tips on really how you do not have to be a victim. You can move forward, find the strength. Forgive and Forge Ahead. Thank you, Samantha, for gracing our airwaves with your presence. And keep moving forward and keep helping other people because you, you, you are not alone, as we know. There are thousands of people that go through this every day. And they need to have someone that has been there, done that, and has come out as a survivor. And you well, are thank survival. you so
4: much for having me on your show, and, and the same to you. Continue to uh, keep up the, the good work, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you.
2: Thank you so much again, Samantha Geimer, the girl, the life in the shadow of Roman Polanski. Pick up a copy and check her out on Twitter and Facebook. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk just a little bit about the Academy Award nominations. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, back in a bit. Be
0: the star you are, the star you are.
4: your world, change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
1: This business of show business is calling out to me.
0: You're listening to
2: Star Style. Be the star you are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We're on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, far from the eagerly anticipated and globally televised event that it is today, the first Academy Awards took place out of the public eye during an Academy Banquet. At the Hotel Roosevelt in May sixteenth, nineteen 1929, where the guest tickets cost a whopping $5 and it was a long affair filled with speeches and the Academy president was Douglas Fairbanks and work of just handing out the statue. there were no surprises because the um, announcement and the awards had actually been announced like three months earlier, but it changed the next year when the results were kept secret, and then a list was given to the newspapers at 11 o'clock on the night of the awards. And the policy continued into 1940 when, much to the Academy's consternation, The L.A. Times broke the embargo and published the names of the winners in its evening edition. So that's what prompted the Academy in 1941 to adopt that sealed envelope where, you know, and the winner is. And they opened the sealed envelope. So there were 15 statuettes in the first ceremony in 1927 and 28. And they continued... um, they continued to hand out awards at banquets held at the Ambassador and Biltmore Hotels until forty. 40- but then there were so many people coming that the 16th Oscar ceremony was held at Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood. And the event has always been held at a theater since then. It was first televised in 1953 and broadcasting in color began in 1966. And since 1969, the Oscar show has been broadcast internationally and now it reaches movie fans in over 200 countries. The statuette itself is just 13 and inches high. And it is the motion picture's, you know, greatest honor. It was officially named the Academy Award of Merit, and it's given in recognition of high level of achievement in movie making. Uh, According to the Academy, the origins of the name are actually a bit uncertain. But the popular story is that the Academy librarian and eventual executive director, Mark But it resembled her Uncle Oscar. And she said, it looks like Uncle Oscar. And the Academy staff began referring to it as Oscar. And so that name was used in a column by Sidney Skolsky in 1934, and it stuck. So here we are. That's why we have the Oscars. So now we have the 86th Annual Academy Awards going to happen this Sunday. There are nine pictures nominated for Best Picture, American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska, Philomena, 12 Years a Slave, The Wolf of Wall Street. And who's going to win? Well, I guess it's probably anybody's guess, but the crystal ball does go a little bit dim right now a lot of the papers they're all saying gravity I liked gravity I didn't love gravity I thought the best movie of the year was probably 12 maybe because I'm a history buff and I just thought it was so amazingly real and succinct and it brought to mind a time that we often forget about so that would be my vote I thought Matthew McConaughey and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio were just absolutely incredible for Best Actor. I think it'll go to Matthew, but Leonardo definitely deserves one, and I would vote for Leonardo. Um, but I, you know, who knows what what he's going to do if he's going to be able to. Um, to uh, pull this one off, I think it will be Matthew. In the actress, there's Amy Adams, Kate Blanchett, Sandra Bullock, Judy Dench, Meryl Streep. And as m- much as I know, Kate Blanchett is probably going to wor- win for Blue Jasmine, to work with Woody Allen and Kate Blanchett on Blue Jasmine, so it would be fun to have her win. And I'm sure she will win, but I have to say, Judy Dench in Philomena was absolutely. So wonderful. Uh, I loved that movie, and I also thought that her performance was understated and just really amazing. And uh, so I would love to see Judy, uh, Dame Judy Dench win. There are, uh, in directing, it'll probably go to Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity, the Mexican director, because that was a difficult movie to direct, and it was just so uh, beautiful in uh, 3D. But basically, everyone who... This is such an exciting year because all of the movies were excellent. Captain Phillips was such a great, great movie uh, that you can't go wrong. So make sure you tune in. This The red carpet starts at 3 p.m. I'm always at a party for the Academy Awards, dressed all up in finery. So do the same and have a party and enjoy the Academy Awards and uh pick your winners because these are all movies worth seeing this year. Well, thanks for being great listeners and allowing me into your life every week. Heather Brittany will be back next week, and we'll, together we will be your personal growth coaches. For more information about Star Style or getting a coaching for acting or media, call 925-377-STAR or you can email me, Cynthia, at star-style.com. Make a donation to the charity Be The Star You Are. Go to org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. We want you to see beyond your physical being and know that you are already a star and you possess everything to be the writer, producer, director, and star of your own life. Until next week, when we celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep you happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a star-studded week. Thanks for joining me.
0: star you are, be the star you are, you are the star, be the keep, star you are. keep
1: It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within.